Hello there. Welcome back to another episode of Champ Chat. We're here again. I'm your host, Max Ashton. Thank you for joining me for a second episode of this wonderful podcast. We'll get straight into it. It was a quiet weekend, really, in the Championship, given it was a FA Cup weekend, meaning most teams are most teams are still in. But there was uh, three fixtures that I'm going to be able to talk about here. So we'll we'll just get straight into it. We, so, first of all, we had Hull beating QPR, three goals to nil. A good performance by Hull City, really, given uh, their current form hasn't been the greatest. But then again, neither is QPR. Michael Critchley, uh, no, not Michael Critchley, apologies. Neil Critchley, struggling with QPR, with only having one win in 13 with them after being appointed manager after the after Michael Beale left for Rangers. So it was a, a good performance for Hull City. Aaron Connolly... Uh, with two goals, uh, being their man of the match, with an 8.4 rating on who scored. You know, he's been loaned out to many clubs over his years. I believe still owned by Brighton and Hove Albion, and uh, struggled with you know elsewhere. But this might be finally be at his time to shine under the appointment of Liam Rosenoir. But uh, a good performance, as I've said. They were sharpshooters, very very clinical in front of goal and it's just not going well here for QPR really. It's uh, quite the descendancy. They were they're only down to 14th now, QPR, having been first only about three months ago. For, for a very brief period given, but uh, still to fall 13 places isn't isn't the nightest in such a tightly contested league. Hull now up to 15th. Having looked like they, you know, they were in the relegation conversation not so long ago, but they're now eleven points above the drop zone, so uh, they're looking safe. It's um, looking good for Hull City, really. Not looking so good for QPR at this moment in time. Next on was a uh, Coventry two Huddersfield nil. Mark Romans will be happy to end uh, Coventry's winless run of five, dating back to before Christmas. A goal from uh, Casey Parman in that game. Three goals and three for him after joining from Bristol City in the summer with the, the Jamaican scoring against his old club where he was formerly on loan, playing 28 times for the Terriers. Huddersfield have now dropped off again after looking promising before Christmas. Now only one point from the last four. Casey Palmer helping Coventry to their first win over Huddersfield since 1972. They now sit 13th, only four points away from the playoffs, that is. What an incredible league this is. And Huddersfield still sat in relegation, but only three points away from Cardiff City, who are, who have one win in nine, with a new appointment of Lamucci, formerly manager of Nottingham Forest when they were in the championship. And uh, Huddersfield have made some decent signings in January, in my personal opinion. They've got plenty of experience in with the likes of Anthony Knockhart, former, former Brighton and Fulham man. He was... Absolutely incredible for Brighton when they were in the championship a few years ago. I remember watching him go and play. I watched Middlesbrough, Brighton, an incredible game of football. And Knockout was a stand-up performer. However, I'm pretty sure Middlesbrough were. I think they won 2-1 that game. But yeah, and then uh, also Martin Waghorn, formerly of Cardiff and Derby. Yeah. He's now 33, though, and uh, getting on a bit, but adds bags of experience to the Terriers. So yes, that was uh, Coventry-Huddersfield. A good game for Coventry. Not so good for Huddersfield. 
And then the final game of the of this weekend was um, Middlesbrough Watford. Middlesbrough winning two goals to nil. A great win for Carrick's side, given their recent form against Watford. And uh, that sees them leapfrog them into third place, with Watford just dropping down to fourth. Both obviously having played more games than teams around them, however. But it's a, a great form for Middlesbrough, having won four of their last five in the league. And uh, quite the contrary for Watford, having been very on and off, really, as it's quite hard to predict if you if you think they'll win or lose. Despite their incredibly talented squad, and they've had a very active window with a uh, coming in today, Britas Ombalonga from Adana Demispor, former Middlesbrough man, of course, record signing in the championship for £15 million from Nottingham Forest many years back. And uh, from reaction on, on social media, it's seeming like uh, most people aren't exactly happy with the signing, despite the fact, in, in, in my opinion, from when I remember watching Asombalonga, he was a, a good finisher, very, very strong on the ball and always, always looked like he had a good shot in him, but just maybe struggled with service at Middlesbrough, which is why he was, uh, he's, he eventually found the door. Obviously, big wages as well didn't help him. Back when Neil Warnock was in charge, who wasn't his biggest fan. But uh, no more Brit Asombolonga for Middlesbrough. Instead, they've got Chu Brackpom, who once again scored today. Not today, sorry, Saturday in their 2 0 win. But uh, he's now 14 goals in the championship. Big shout for Golden Boot winner from many Borough fans, I'm sure. It's a tight, tight lead for the for the Golden Boot race at the minute. Obviously, you know, Timu Puki's up there again and Carlton Morris, you know, just he's there because uh, he's not a tapping merchant, by the way, for uh, I saw that that comment on my poll, which I will get on to later in the in the episode. There was a comment saying Carlton Morris is the tapping merchant. He is. He's not. He scored some cracking goals. QPR fans will say he's not after the, their first goal for him against them in our 3-0 victory. Anyway, back to Middlesbrough Watford. It's uh, astonishing what Carrick has been able to achieve with Middlesbrough since his appointment. As uh, when Chris Wilder was sacked, uh, Middlesbrough was sitting in twenty second. So it's r- quite the rise, you know. Nineteen places up they are now from uh, from when he f- initially took over. Obviously, question marks given he'd never properly managed a team. Was it a team too big for him? Maybe, but clearly he's uh, he's lived up to the billing. But uh, obviously. A bit disappointed for Watford, given the money they've spent and the expectations they've got with the parachute payments and whatnot. Obviously, wanting to get wanted about straight back into the Premier League, having been relegated last season. It's uh, given their current, you know, on and off. It's uh, it's hard to call if they would be if they if they're up for if they're up to the standards of uh, getting back. But uh, there's currently just for some fun facts for you. Seven points between third and fourteenth. It just really shows how far Burnley and Sheffield have run away with it at the minute. It's looking incredibly hard for any other team to scrape into the automatics, despite the number of teams contesting for the playoffs. You know, you think maybe one or two might be up there, but twelve points difference currently between second and third. It's it's hard to see Burnley or Sheffield dropping enough points to even end up in the shout for a playoff conversation instead of automatics. But uh, this 12-point difference is the same difference between 5th and 20th, which is just bonkers, really. 
it shows you know how how far ahead Burnley and Sheffield are and how tightly contested the rest of the league is, which is quite fascinating, really. Okay, that was this weekend's fixtures. Back for the transfers in a second. So then, time for the transfers. Uh, With deadline day fast approaching, obviously 11 o'clock on Tuesday the 31st, many teams are now getting in, trying to get deals over the line before the window is slammed shut. We'll go over a few of the big ones from uh, the past week or so, a couple of rumours, and just uh, obviously feel free to uh, attach anything you'd like to tell me, and I might go over it in the next podcast, if you're lucky. So, obviously, mentioned last week, Antoine Semenyo, rumoured to be linked with Brest Brom, has now moved to uh, Bournemouth for £10.5 million. Is he a Premier League talent? I mean, I can't say I know enough about him to see if uh, Bournemouth are getting a good deal there or not, but quite clearly, the scouts of Bournemouth have seen something in him and uh, they feel it's necessary to bring him in for that sort of money. Obviously, Chris Foley now owning them, so they've got money to spend this window. But uh, Bristol City now with a big hole in their attack and they might be looking to fill it with uh, Luton Town striker Harry Kornicker as being reported recently. Obviously, as a personal Luton Town fan, I really hope he doesn't go. He's uh, been with us since League Two. He's always He offers something different for our attack. He's filled with, filled with energy. Obviously, his finishing is a bit lacklustre. Could be up to a higher standard but um, definitely a great personality and uh, always been really good for Luton, in my opinion. He's, I've always, always been one of my favourites, really. But uh, they'd face stiff competition from Swansea City, also linked with the town striker. However, they're trying to replace their their striker, Michael Obafemi, who uh, Burnley have, who have bought from them for £3 million, adding to the incredible amount of money they spent this season not just in the January window but summer too it's got to be getting somewhere near 30 40 million now this this year for Burnley spending which just sort of shows why they're top of the league really and also the uh the ability that having parachute payments gives a club when they come down obviously I understand why parachute payments are there but uh it doesn't make it very fair for the rest of the teams in the league it's incredibly difficult to try and compete really, with uh, any of the teams on parachute payments. But they can't they can't not have parachute payments, otherwise they'd all go bankrupt when they come down because they wouldn't be able to afford the players' wages. So it's a, it's a tough one, really. It's a tough one. But despite that, Burnley have recruited well, really, under, under company, obviously, bringing in many people he knows well, you know, from his links with Manchester City, like with the likes of Taylor Harwood-Bellis, who's uh, been a great centre-back for them this year, alongside many... Many signings from the Belgian league, including uh, Jordan Sorori up front, just to, just to name one. But uh, this window, they've bought in, obviously, Obafemi now from Swansea for £3 million, another striker to add to their ranks. Lyle Foster for reported £8 million, who I also believe is another striker, just because they've got £8 million quid to splash. And uh, Swedish midfielder Ekdal, £4 million. So they're just, you know... Burnley adding to an already incredible squad with this, with the money they've been given, and they look incredibly tough to stop. I mean, can can you really make any call for anyone else to win the league there? Yeah, I mean Sheffield United are up there, but 
being completely real, do you think they've got any chance? I mean, in my opinion, not really. I think I think it's Burnley's all the way through now. But it's clear to see that company has a has learnt from his time under Pep Guardiola in uh, winning with a big budget. Anywho, <laughs> Luton Town wing back James Bree had uh, wanted to rejoin Nathan Jones on the south coast in Southampton for seven hundred fifty thousand pounds recently. That was on uh, last Thursday. A uh, a difficult one for Luton Town. Obviously, one of our best one of our best players this season, in my opinion. Always overhated by our fan base. I thought. You know, deliveries at times weren't exactly the greatest, but I thought it was always incredibly harsh on how much he was uh, disrespected by the Luton fan base, and uh, it's unfortunate to see him go for such a such a small fee. Really, only seven hundred fifty thousand pounds. I think you know his contract was running out in in the summer, but uh, it's sad to see him go for such a small amount. Given I th- I think he was worth you know four or five million pounds really, but. Uh, Obviously, Nathan Jones knows the contract lengths of his of his former players and is able to capitalise on that. However, Luton Town are not completely stranded in in the right wing back position now, getting in Cody Drame from Leeds on loan, who was formerly loaned to Cardiff last season, making twenty two appearances, winning their Young Player of the Year last season. So it doesn't look like a bad replacement, but is he James Bree? Well, we'll have to wait and find out. He's yet to play a game yet, but. If, Funny enough, playing against Cardiff on uh, on deadline day. Hopefully, we'll see him perform well and show that we don't need James Bree. In other news, Joe Gelhart has also been loaned away from Leeds, joining Sunderland after tight competition from Wigan and Middlesbrough and Blackburn as well, I believe. But uh, it was one that many championship teams had, had tabs on and uh, Sunderland came out the victors, which is a... Uh, in perfect timing, really, given the the ACL injury sustained sustained to uh, Ross Stewart in their game against F- Fulham in the FA Cup, their one all draw. So they were they were in dire need of a striker, especially with Ellis Sims being recalled by Everton when Frank Lampard was still in charge. Obviously, Tony Mowbray coming out and saying that he he really wants Ellis Sims back, which is understandable. He he performed well for for Sunder, for the Black Cats while he was while he was there before he was uh, recalled. And West Brom are looking to loan former Huddersfield man Lewis O'Brien, which, in my opinion, would be an absolutely excellent signing for them, given his uh, his incredible form for Huddersfield last season when they made it to the playoff final. He was a pivotal role in their midfield in getting there. Obviously, Carlos Corbran, a big fan of him, clearly now at West Brom, wanting him to join back, which was also interesting because former teammate Harry Toffolo, who also went to Nottingham Forest from Huddersfield in the summer, in a joint deal, he was uh, loaned out to VSC and elect after interest from Hull City, which I thought would have been an incredibly interesting move for him. But uh, quite clearly, he's favoured the Belgian side over over the Tigers. Daniel Barlaser leaving. Have I pronounced that right? Barlaser. He leaves Rotherham for Middlesbrough in a in a transfer worth one and a half million pounds. He's a brilliant holding midfielder. For Rotherham, he was uh, key for them in their promotion to the championship last season. And I think they've got a great player on their hands in Middlesbrough. Once again, another player that many team, many championship clubs were keeping an eye on, hoping hoping to get his signature on the paper. But it is Middlesbrough who came out, who come out victors. And finally, for transfers, just 
obviously deadline day tomorrow. We'll see what happens tomorrow. We'll see what fight deals finalise and get over the line. Just uh, one more loot and one. There's a player called Josh Key for Exeter, who we're looking at, a right-sided defender. I'm going to assume as backup, but he's young. Looks like a an all-right signing, but is it what we need? I'm not sure. Like I said, this is quite clearly, I'm a Luton fan. It's what I know most about. I don't know. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Ignore that voice crack. Anywho, finally, Anthony Gordon. This isn't championship related, but Anthony Gordon to the to Newcastle for £45 million. It just absolutely baffles me. I can't quite see what Newcastle see in him. I understand they've got plenty of cash to splash, but really? I mean, he was linked with, with Chelsea in the summer for £60 million, so that would have been astounding if that had gone through. But uh, yeah, Newcastle getting his signature, £45 million after he was trying to force a move away by not attending training and whatnot, which I thought was a bit disrespectful given everything the club have done for him. But yes, uh, an incredible transfer, really. I'd love to hear your opinions on it. I'm going to assume they'd be similar to mine. Any Newcastle fans out there who may who may differ? Given in my opinion, he's just um, I, just, I just don't I don't really see what it is. I mean, he's not got he's not got the best goal contribution record for Everton. Anywho, that's that. That is the Premier League. We are the Championship. We're chatting about the Championship, and finally. The poll I, I released last week, next. So, finally, to end off, I uh, I asked you, the, the listeners, on my podcast last week, what your unpopular opinion about your championship was. I got a few replies, some, uh, some better than others, really. Obviously, Carlton Morris is a tapping merchant, as I mentioned earlier, which is just completely false. Quite quite clearly shows you don't watch Luton Town. You shouldn't speak about Luton Town. But other than that, let's see what we've got. We've got a Els says Blackburn will go up. It's a bold shout, given current form. Obviously, finally drew their first game the other week uh, with, uh, with Bristol City, having you know their twenty eighth game in which is a, an incredible record, really. There's a shout for them, really. Uh, ben Barrett and Diaz now agreeing a, a deal with Villarreal. I think that's confirmed, meaning that if they are to go up, he, will, he won't be there with them next season. But I think respectfully, Els, I'm going to have to disagree with your opinion, as I think there's just too many teams better than them at the minute in the Championship, with us currently in contention for playoffs, and I just don't think that, uh, that they'll... I don't personally think they'll get in there. I'm happy to be proved wrong, obviously. I'm only human. I can't predict the future, but uh, we'll see what happens. Fred says Sheffield United aren't all that. Once again, I think it's a, it's it's hard to say so when they are second in the league. Obviously, Paul Hecking bottom in charge there, constantly in, on good form. Just drew Wrexham in the FA Cup, which was a, a cracking game, really. Obviously, they're no Burnley. I'll, I'll agree with you there. They definitely aren't uh, you know as good as Burnley and Vincent Company's men, but... Um, I think it's hard to say they aren't all that, given they're you know twelve points clear of third. But an, an opinion nonetheless. Obviously, this is why we call it unpopular opinions. Uh, and finally, Giacomo Cinque says Blackburn are goated. Quite clearly, if you uh, if you Blackburn Blackburns are you know I don't want to say supporters, likers, I don't know, followers. In my polling area, 
But um, once again, just as I said earlier, they're, they're, they're decent, but I, I can't see them doing all that. So that about concludes this week's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed. I will put a poll on this one as well. Uh, this one's going to be asking about your uh, your possible views on the, obviously, as, as tightly contended as it is, the, the playoff spots, the four you think you'll get in, you'll get in, and the... Um, the eventual winner who you think will get promoted to the Premier League. I'd love to hear it. Love to talk about it next week. But uh, yes, it's been a pleasure. I hope you've enjoyed. And I'll catch you in the next one. Bye-bye.